few companies fail because of a lack of good ideas, but choosing the wrong idea, that can sink your ship faster than an iceberg on a dark night. Welcome to All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, the podcast for product managers, product marketers, innovators, founders, and anyone trying to make the world a better place by putting successful products out into the market. I'm your host, Nels Davis. I'm a product manager, coach, and author of the Secret Product Manager Handbook. And I've noticed that my article, How to Prioritize Top Six Prioritization Techniques, is the most popular on my website. I wrote this a while ago, and I've updated it a bit over time. So clearly, prioritization must be one of the most important problems for product managers, given the traffic. Given that article's popularity, I thought I should take another pass at the whole concept of prioritization. Now, I've read a bunch of other people's articles so I could see what people were talking about, and I've noticed a few things. First, many of the same techniques come up over and over again, which is fine. And also some of the same warnings about what not to do come up. More on that in a few minutes. But all the more advanced prioritization techniques in these articles depend on knowing the value or impact of a feature. But they don't say how to figure out a feature's value or impact, and that seemed like a hole to me. So, as I often do, I thought I'd take a step back and try to find the underlying issue, the root cause, the first principle. What lies behind prioritization and these terms value and impact. Well, obviously, there's the issue of having more things we could implement than we have capacity to implement. But if that were our only problem, then we just make a list in any order and implement starting from the top. But obviously, there's more to it than that. We want to focus our limited resources only on the most important things, the features and capabilities that will, well, what? Let's not say move the needle, at least not in this context, That's another undefined term that could mean nearly anything. So I don't think it'll help us in this conversation. So going back again to first principles, as a company or a product organization, our purpose is to create a product that is successful and profitable. And how do we do that? Well, as I've said before in other podcasts and in the book, the best way to do this, the most consistent way to do this, is to find a problem that is so urgent for so many people that they will pay you good money for a solution that's superior to their other choices. Now, once you put it into those terms, prioritization becomes a little more nuanced and I think a little more clear. So the goal statement becomes, I want to focus my limited resources on creating the best solution from the customer's perspective to this problem as fast as possible. And now we know what value means. It means a superior solution to the market's problems. That's all value means. A superior solution is going to make it easier to sell our product, and it's going to make the customer happier, faster, and so on. So to put our goal in simpler terms, we prioritize to try to get as much value to market as fast as we can. And by the way, you can and should use these two highly related concepts, value and problem solving, for all the product management things, not just prioritization. So this also means that the prioritization question becomes, given my resources, what can I build that will provide the best solution to my customers? What problems can we solve for our customers or for our market? What do I need to do next to ensure my solution is worth buying or continues to be worth buying? 
So given this premise that we're now operating under, that we have to find the most valuable things to build, aka the things that will make our solution the best option for our market and our customers, how do we find those? Well, the first thing I would suggest is to use your gut, use your intuition. I'm putting this one first because so many articles on prioritization for product managers say, don't use your intuition. Well, I think this is just wrong for a bunch of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons they hired us in the first place was because of our product sense. And what does product sense mean? Well, I've always thought it means precisely that we have developed an intuition to make good product-related decisions based on what creates value in the market. If you're a good product manager, you've been filling your intuition with knowledge about your customers and prospects, your competitors, the technical capabilities of your organization, and the organization's strategy. Now, this intuition is your product sense, and it's valuable. I have been reading a very interesting book recently, recommended to me by my friend Neil. The book is called How to Measure Anything, and it really aligns with this idea of product sense and intuition. It's by a guy named Douglas W. Hubbard. So Neil recommended it to me because I was just whining around how there are certain qualitative things about product management that are very difficult to measure. Now, this book has given me some new perspectives on measurement, and one of them is that a measurement doesn't have to be exact to be useful for decision-making. It can be probabilistic, and in fact, the author makes the point that in reality, all measurements are uncertain to some degree, but you still have to make measurements, and you just have to understand how to deal with the uncertainties. This is especially true if you have some sense of the probabilities, you can make good use of not complete information. How do you get that sense of these probabilities? Well, in a lot of cases, it's based on experience. And this is really the technical argument for not discounting your intuition as a product manager. If you have experience as a product manager with your product and with your customers, you actually have a lot of patterns you've developed that help you differentiate valuable ideas from those that are less valuable. Of course, if you have other data to back up your intuition, that's always best. But don't discount your intuition as useless as a lot of guides to prioritization do. By the way, there's a link to the book and all the other articles that I mentioned in the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 317. Also, I should mention that your intuition is probably applicable not just to whether a particular feature is a good idea to implement, but also if it's feasible to implement. All that work you've been doing with your team often gives you a good sense for what is within their capability, what is outside their capability, whether something is big or small in terms of a t-shirt size, and you can make use of that. Obviously, you can get better estimates from your team once they start digging in, but the likelihood is you have a good sense of things that are hard versus things that are easy. So the second piece of advice here is to be able to tell a compelling story for the features that you do champion, the ones that you choose to implement. And this is not just because you're a good salesperson and are trying to pull something over on the team, but because if you can capture how the feature will help a customer achieve a need that they're currently not achieving, that's a great way to get people on board with helping you create a great solution to that problem. Now, the story will serve multiple purposes. It will help motivate your stakeholders to support your decision, as I mentioned. It will help motivate your team to create a better, higher quality, more pleasing solution to the problem. Really, prioritization is not really just about making the decision. It's about getting the team to join you in supporting the decision and creating the solution, the feature, itself. Now, if you recall from some of my other podcasts, the fundamental rule of persuasion is that people make decisions emotionally, 
and then justify them rationally. Now, this is a rule of thumb. It's not 100% accurate, but it's very useful as a way of going about being persuasive. And in this case, I'm talking about helping people to decide to support your priorities. If you can make your prioritization align with a powerful story about prospects and customers and how you're solving their problems, then they're more likely to support you, especially when you back up your story with data, as I discuss in the next point. Now, there's synergy between thinking of prioritization as solving problems and telling stories about the prioritization decisions because problems naturally lead to stories. I've written and podcasted about this a lot. I'll put some links in the show notes. But the basic concept that is a good story is about a problem and how someone solved that problem. And of course, that's what we're doing with our features is we're solving problems for customers. So every feature has a story that comes along with it. It should have a story that comes along with it. And if you tell that story, that's going to help people buy into your decision to implement that feature. For number three, you do want to be as data-driven as you can be. And that means talking to customers, having a sense of what moves the needle for your customers and prospects and other stakeholders. For some decisions, you can have actual numbers that indicate which way the needle will move. But remember that for most features, especially those that are significant and not just incremental improvements to an existing capability, you're really predicting the future in this process. And as Yogi Berra said so memorably, prediction is hard, especially about the future. And number four, I recommend aligning with your organization's strategy. This one can be a two-edged sword. It can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. If the strategy itself is aligned around providing a better solution to an urgent problem that your prospects have, then it's all good. If the strategy doesn't care about customers or doesn't know about customers or doesn't understand their problem or cares about them only for their money, then it might not work very well to align with the strategy. And remember that your overall goal is not to align with a strategy or to be data-driven. It's to make money with your product. And how do you do that? Well, you provide a solution to an urgent problem that your prospects have that's better than they are their alternatives. And that's priced in such a way that your product can be profitable and your customers get a good deal. If you have a bad strategy, then following the strategy will not result in a successful product. I've actually been through this before at a company I used to work for. We built a product based on an exciting strategy. The product was well aligned with the strategy, but the strategy, unfortunately, was not well aligned with the needs of any market. And as a result, no one bought that product and our company went under. How do you know if your strategy is aligned with the market? Well, you have to do market discovery. You have to understand what your market needs, what unsolved or undersolved problems they have, and you have to make sure that your strategy aligns with that information that you have. You can find out what their needs are in various ways. There's jobs to be done as a methodology for this, and Teresa Torres has a customer discovery process that's really great. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can go talk to your market about their biggest problems, not about what you want to do, of course, because that's leading the witness, but about their biggest problems. And if you're clever with your questioning, you'll start to hear about the things that are keeping them up at night, that are causing them pain and business problems and lack of success. And you can even do this with your existing customers, aka getting customer feedback. They want and will ask for new features. Of course, you can't just build what they say they want. You have to understand the problem behind their request, and then you might decide to solve that problem. So how can you be sure about any of this? It's I'm sort of talking a lot of wishy-washy stuff. And as technologists, and with the term data-driven being thrown around constantly in reference to product management, we really want that one right answer. That single number that says, this is the thing we should build, 
And that is a thing we should definitely not build right now. But the reality is, again, that prioritization is a percentage game at best. There's a ton of uncertainty. What's the best feature to implement is another way of saying what will happen in the future. And as we all know, as I mentioned earlier, prediction is super hard. There are some things we know for sure about the future, but a lot that we do not and that we can't actually predict. And this goes for building products, especially when there are others building products in the same space as us. There are a lot of things that are known about the future, but they're known to all of us. They're known to you and they're known to your competitors. For example, demographic changes, they're very salient if you're in the healthcare industry, and some of them are very predictable. The people who are 60 years old today will be 65 years old in five years. It's the unknown things that are going to cause us problems in terms of prediction and are often the sources of big success. For example, will life expectancy go up or down in that five-year span? It could go up due to new drug discoveries or for finding somebody finding a cure for cancer, or it could go down if the opioid epidemic continues to grow. We don't know which direction it's going to go. We might have an intuition, and we might have to just count on that intuition, but if we're planning a new set of medical devices or medical capabilities, we have to make some guess about that, and we're predicting the future. Let's wrap all these ideas up with a quick summary. Prioritization is driven, or should be, by our desire to create value in the market faster. And value means a better solution to a problem that a market has an urgent need and budget to solve. Second, don't be afraid of using your intuition about what is valuable and feasible. Next, being decisive also means being able to defend your decisions, and that means persuasion, and that should make you think about stories, the stories of the prospects and customers who will love your solution to their problem. You should use data if you can, but recognize that you're still predicting the future, no matter how much data you have. You can use your organization's strategy as a tool for prioritization if the strategy is really about creating value in the market. And in addition to all the other reasons product management is hard, one of the biggest challenges is that we are predicting the future all the time. So there you have it, my rewrite of the theory of feature prioritization. You can find show notes, including links to the articles I mentioned and the book I highly recommend, How to Measure Anything by Douglas W. Hubbard, at alltheresponsibility.com slash 317. And you can leave me a voicemail or written comment telling me what you think of these ideas and if they align with your experience or are helpful or that I'm just smoking crack. And also don't forget, I live stream a kind of mini training on product management topics on YouTube on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to join me live, you can do that. You can also find recordings of all of these things on my YouTube channel, which has a lot of videos about product management topics, and that's in the show notes as well. Please consider sharing this episode and the podcast with other product managers or interested people. If you thought it was good, if you thought it was bad, let me know if you thought it was bad. That would be really nice. You can also click the like button on the episode or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to help other folks discover the episode and the podcast. Until the next episode, this is Nels Davis signing off. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ignition.